Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The midterm elections. One week. I'm going to be all around the country campaigning for a specific candidate or going with a candidate. I think the Democrats are going to get a rude awakening. The Halloween shooting. Up to 14 people shot. Violence in our society. In chance to assassinate Nancy Pelosi. Condemn what produces the violence. I'm making this political and blaming it on Republicans. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in, and look who's back. The soccer season is over. <laughs> Benny's son's played soccer, and uh, as, as a good dad, he's been at the games. That's why he's missed a few programs, but welcome back. And uh, sorry they had to end on a down note. End of the season and end of their career. Well, so who knows? Maybe they'll play seniors. college ball. Huh? They're seniors, and so uh, it was kind of a sad time. It's yeah. Been watching them since they were five years old play, and it's just kind of goes by quick. Doesn't goes it? by quick. Goes by real quick. Hey, ten years from now, you watch your grandsons play. Maybe fifteen years from now, but hey, <laughs> as long as it's not ten months from now. <laughs> so, did you see uh, there was uh, this uh, attachment to some tweets? over the last couple of days it came out the day before halloween it was a parent update from wakefield high school in wake county north carolina it was from malik bazell the principal of the school parent update note the irony halloween students we are allowing you to dress up in costumes for halloween however costumes must adhere to the wake county public school system dress code additionally students are not allowed to wear masks that cover their face <laughs> you yeah, can't make it up <laughs> required to for two years right? yeah uh, n- n- can't do it can't do it <laughs> or face paint at the school thank you for your um for adhering to the rules by the way it, um there were several typos in this this is from the principal of the school and uh, there were several glaring typos as if eh, you're going to send this out to all the parents of your high school and you don't prove it. Mm. Well, you think uh, you think it would be done on a computer and at least do a spell and grammar check. Uh, hmm. Well, for example, additionally, students are not allowed to wear a mask that covers their face instead of wear masks that cover their face. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that major? And anyway, there's a couple of others in there as well. Speaking of schools and masks and what all, uh, The Atlantic, a rather liberal publication, um, one of their writers, Emily Oster, or Oster perhaps, uh, has come out with a publication entitled Ideas Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. <laughs> I, I'm not, this is unbelievable. So you have these people that went out and, and by the way, um, the, the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated that we heard over oh and yeah. over and over again. Randy Weingarten, by the way, has uh, sent out tweets and said, oh, yeah, this is great. I agree with this. Oh, yeah, this is really good. Now, this is the woman, who, the uh, wine garden, who basically shut down all the schools and put the kids behind the eight ball, and they'll probably struggle for the rest of their academic careers. They try to catch up. But again, you're right. I mean, these are the liberals 
that mocked, ridiculed, put businesses out of business. Um, how many, how many um, first responders lost their jobs? And by the way, I don't know if you heard over in the last week, uh, the New York Supreme Court came out and said, uh, mm. you got to rehire all these people. Yeah. And you also back have pay. to back pay. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. But there's a lot of places that hasn't happened yet. Well, hey, um, United States Armed Forces, there's yep. a lot of Navy SEALs yep. that got let go because yep. they wouldn't get the vaccination. Yep. Well, there was a uh, – when the uh, hurricane hit uh, Fort Myers, there was uh, uh, some uh, – I guess it was a Coast Guard uh, – uh, one of the Coast Guard uh, folks, uh, guys, had uh, gone out and uh, saved someone's life. Swims back in after he saves this person's life and finds out like two days later, oh, you're fired because you didn't get the uh, COVID vaccine. Yeah, yeah. And you hear every day people people getting COVID that's had five and you know five shots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just heard yeah. somebody today. Somebody was in the news today had got fifth vaccine and they got COVID. But uh, again, the, the idea. Well, you know, let's, let's just <clears throat> forgive one another. <laughs> did you think if the shoe was on the other foot you know what i think that's a result of they're reading all the polls oh yeah of what oh, next, yeah what next week is going to probably be like and they well yeah and they realize that um you know there are a lot of folks up in dc that are conservative that's saying you know what we have got to put a stop to this and we're going to have hearings to make sure this doesn't happen again and so you're right there CYA. I hope they go after Fauci because I mean he he obviously lied over and over and over again. Of course, you know there there's no penalty for lying to the media. You know there is a penalty for lying to Congress. Lying to Congress, but you know that's you gotta. You know, he was he was mighty careful to in his wording of everything. So uh, you know playing oh, yeah. word games, oh, yeah. but but yeah. he definitely lied on television just like hillary clinton did joe biden did and everyone else but over and over and over again and he was one of the few people that became independently wealthy (laughs) while everybody else was losing their shirt yeah speaking of that i think i i don't know did i send you an article about the uh i think it was wall street journal did a big write-up about the very timely trades of the people with the National Institution of Health oh, and yeah. other key government officials during the, the beginning of the COVID crisis before it was public, like in January, uh, they were just very um, prophetic about yeah. what was going to happen in the market. What a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 nothing more than just a coincidence. Uh, yesterday, we talked to Donna um, Robinson. Was it Robinson? I'm trying to remember Donna's last name. I think it was Robinson. From uh, Project 21 on the... That was good. I, I was on the way to the game and heard that. That was good. She was... Uh, you know, And it's it's so encouraging. In fact, we're going to have someone on tomorrow who is really uh, in the CT, uh, CRT fight. Uh, there's going to be a uh, deal down in Goldsboro uh, Thursday evening, and we're going to be interviewing a... Uh, uh, Donna Jackson. That Donna was her Jackson. name. Yeah, it's not Robinson. Donna Jackson. Thank you, Clark. Um, we're going to have an interview tomorrow with another uh, black American conservative uh, woman who is uh, very involved in the uh, CRT fight. But uh, getting back to the UNC deal, yesterday the Supreme Court heard oral arguments uh, for students for Fair Admissions, Inc., 
versus President Fellows of Harvard College and Students for Fair Admission versus University of North Carolina. You know, we, we talked a lot about this, but a couple of interesting stories that, that uh, are, are trickling out from this as we digest it. I did not, by the way, I, again, between these two cases, there was over five hours of oral argument. Now, generally speaking, I, th- I know it's not an hour. Uh, I actually had an oral argument, not before the Supreme Court, but uh, before the uh, Court of Appeals. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's 40 minutes aside, but I, I could be wrong on that. As some attorney is out there that knows how much you you normally get, but but then see the the justices can ask as many questions as they want. And for the fact that this went five hours, that means there was a lot of Q and A. The justices just didn't listen to their you know their presentations by the attorneys, but they asked a lot of questions. One of the questions that came up between Clarence Thomas my uh, personal hero, uh, and North Carolina Solicitor General Ryan Park was a definition of diversity and how diversity benefits education. This is cut one, Clark. Regarding the educational benefits of diversity, Clark claimed, uh, Park claimed that there was no dispute whether diversity is beneficial in education. When pers- pushed further, he pointed to studies about stock trading that claimed racial diverse groups of people making trading decisions perform at a higher level. Now, this was after he could not give a definition to Clarence Thomas about just a simple definition of what diversity was. But here's the give and take. When a parent sends a kid to college, they don't necessarily send them there to have fun or feel good or anything like that. They send them there to learn physics or chemistry or whatever they're studying. So tell me what the educational benefits are. So there's three main buckets, Your Honor, and uh, the first and I think most pertinent to the question that you asked is uh, the actual truth-seeking function of learning in a diverse environment. I would direct the court to the Major American Businesses Brief, which uh, discusses a whole extensive rigorous, peer-reviewed literature uh, that diverse groups of people actually perform at a higher level. So the most concrete possible uh, scenario is is stock trading. And there are studies that find that racially diverse groups of people making trading decisions perform at a higher level, make more efficient trading decisions. And the mechanism there uh, is that it reduces groupthink and people have longer and more sustained disagreement. And that leads to a more efficient outcome. Well, I guess I don't put much stock in that because I've heard similar arguments in favor of segregation, too. Now, when when he says that, when Clarence Thomas says that, uh, he is speaking from experience. In a previous case, Grutter versus Bollinger, the case that would be overturned if, if uh, UNC and Harvard lose, Thomas explained how the racial considerations uh, in eight and affirmative action are dehumanizing. Quote, the Constitution abhors classifications based on race, not only because those classifications can harm favored races or based on illegitimate motives, but also because every time the government places citizens on racial registers and makes race relevant to the provision of burdens or benefits, it demeans all of us, he wrote in an opinion. In another affirmative action case, Fisher versus University of Texas, Thomas expounded his comparison to arguments for segregation, quote, it is irrelevant under the 14th Amendment whether segregated or mixed schools produce better leaders, he wrote. He went on to say, indeed, no court today 
would accept the suggestion that segregation is permissible because historically black colleges produced Booker T. Washington, Thurgood Marshall, Martin Luther King Jr., and other prominent leaders. Likewise, the university's racial discrimination cannot be justified on the ground that it will produce better leaders. Well said. Clarence Thomas is a genius. He is an absolute genius. Yeah, and it looks like... um you know, based on yesterday's, I don't, I don't, are they are they meeting today on that? Are they still hearing that case? Arguments no, it's, it's the oral arguments are, are done. Okay, it was a one done. day deal, and typically, everything I have heard is that they go and vote immediately after their oral arguments. Now that is that, that <clears throat> their vote could change after they read each other's opinions right. that they write, but they do take an initial vote right away. Well, based on yesterday, from what I read, I, you know, I think it's going probably you know be. You know, uh, in the conservatives' favor, I, I think they're going to rule against the University of North Carolina and Harvard because, um, you know, the one person I thought might would be, you know, a different opinion, um, the Chief Justice John Roberts. John Roberts. I mean, it sounds like to me he pretty much is siding with the other conservatives just from his comments. And, and well, I, I that th- would be six three. If even if he doesn't, it would be five four. And but I thought it was kind of interesting. But it would be great to be a six three. You know, it would be great if it was six three, just because it doesn't seem like it's, you know, you know, a, a, a political swing vote. But on that, on that, going down those lines, if you read uh, the discussions that uh, Sotomayor and was it Brown Jackson, the the new appointed right. uh, justice, I mean. They sounded – they reminded me of Anita Earls in the North Carolina Supreme Court. Their arguments as if they were advocates for – Oh, yeah, for, for segregation. For, for, and, and ad, but advocates for the person that was bringing yes. the complaint, or actually, in this case, not the oh, complaint, oh, it was yeah, the defense. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. They, they were making their arguments for them. No, no they need to rule on law. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they – it just – Again, they are so completely partisan, and that's what happens when you when you appoint just a, an, a social justice warrior, an advocate for a position. Um, check the boxes. Check the boxes, and I just it's just amazing to me that yeah, uh, I, I think you'll see. And and the person that was defending maybe was it maybe UNC, maybe uh, the one that you mentioned, Ryan I think, Park. I think he was with UNC, right? Uh, he was the solicitor general. Okay, North for, for North Carolina. Yeah. But he talked about, you know, gr- when he said the thing groupthink, I said, that's funny. Harvard and, and University of North Carolina, they want, they want to get you there, and they want to create groupthink. Yeah, bingo. bingo. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing to me. And by the way, Brown Jackson is, has recused herself from the Harvard decision. Because she, she, was, she, she, yeah, she was on the board or something up there. Yeah, I think she was on the acceptance board or something. Yeah. So I'm she's uh, recused herself. Interestingly, on that case, uh, on the oral arguments, Alito – and his questioning appeared to be trolling Elizabeth Warren with her Native American heritage. The pretendian. Yeah. Alito <laughs> questioned North Carolina Solicitor General Ryan Park, who defended affirmative action policies at UNC, about what was stopping students from making false claims about their heritage. Quote, it's family lore that we have an ancestor who was an American Indian, Alito said. Park contended that would not be accurate for a student applicant to make such claims if it was not true. Well, what if you're a professor and you make it? (laughs) But Alito pressed forward saying, well, I identify as an American Indian because I've always been told that some ancestor back in the old days was an American Indian. 
which you know that's that's a because see one of the things that they they want when they talk about diversity they're not just talking about race they're talking about i'm identifying as a woman i'm you know the whole transgender thing that's a part of their diversity so he was tweaking at that too when he said okay well what if i identify as an american indian Park said, in that circumstance, it would be very unlikely that person was telling the truth. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> so if you identify as someone and you're not, you're a liar, according to Ryan Park, the Solicitor General, who's a flaming liberal. <laughs> you, know, you know what's so funny about the, the progressives' arguments? They can paint themselves in a corner so oh, easily. Oh, so easy. They do it all the time. And they do it all the time, and, it, and I'm glad they caught them out on it. Uh, yeah. speaking of elizabeth warren i don't know if you've seen on social media there's this little little meme going around of they have like a a, a halloween costume and you can and you can change the package for various things it's been going around for the last couple of weeks well one came up uh the halloween costume affirmative action cherokee and it's got a picture of elizabeth warren (laughs) (laughs) and it says includes family story about unknown native ancestor pre-field minority job application and one 1024th native american dna test result unbelievable <laughs> and yet she still gets away with it the mainstream media just, they just oh, shrug yeah, the shoulder and look the other way they keep their hands we're off gonna take them. a time out stay with us a lot more to come mark robinson our lieutenant governor's in the news we'll tell you what that is all about when we get back This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Can you believe it is uh, November? Where did uh, 2022 go? Although, can you believe that uh, one week from today, it will be Election Day, and uh, hopefully we will be celebrating on uh, November the 9th. I'm exhausted. Um, yeah. It looks like uh, early voting is... is pretty strong um i think the last numbers i saw in north carolina democrat early voting was down i don't know it's like three and a half percent yeah three and a half percent and republicans was up a little yeah um i think up from the midterms not of course from the uh, presidential election just a different deal altogether November 1st, 2022, 127 years ago 1895 the first car magazine was published it was entitled the horseless age mm. that's interesting isn't it i guess that would be a little behind the times if we had that today i don't know if that became um car and driver or yeah i was thinking something <laughs> like you know title would be like our horse is gassy <laughs> <laughs> well that's where uh, joe would like us to go right <laughs> uh, hello was that joe uh taking a we'll look at your weather forecast partly cloudy sky <clears throat> you can tell this is an old guy thing right my wife is home right now, rolling her eyes and saying, "Clark, Clark, what are you doing?" I did. I don't. I don't control the sound effects. That's Clark gets all the credit for that. And the guys are laughing, and the women are rolling. What's their so eyes. bad about it? It's not really a sound effect. <laughs> we just got good speakers around here. <laughs> Partly cloudy skies tonight, a low of 54. Tomorrow, overcast with a high of 72. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 53. Partly cloudy skies on Thursday, a high of 73. Mostly clear skies on Thursday night with a high, a low of 54. Um, boy, it rained last night. I don't know how it was out your way, but my goodness, we had uh, it, it came down in buckets. Yeah, I, I could see on the radar. I was worried about it because I was at the game, and uh, I could see it went 
to our, I guess, to our kind of northwest. So I thought it was heading. Well, it didn't really start raining to like 2 a.m., but when it came down, it was uh, it was a little rough. You know, we were talking about the um, situation at the Supreme Court, the oral arguments before we went to break. Interestingly, the Carolina Journal is reporting that today Roy Cooper held a press conference at the executive mansion announcing the creation of a new commission tasked with reforming the University of North Carolina's system of government governance. Tom Ross and Mary Spellings, both recent former presidents of the system, were present while Cooper signed the executive order. Th- those two are going to be heading up this this commission. This is an executive order. Now, Republicans came out immediately and said, this ain't going anywhere. <laughs> but, he, but, I mean, while, while the Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments, and as you mentioned before the break, uh, it looks like this thing is going to go down in flames, the, the, the current admissions policy uh, you know, of their, their diversity, uh, the governor wants it to be more diverse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now he's <clears throat> now he's talking about the uh, the governance board, the governance board overseeing the UNC system. But he wasn't more diverse. Listen, when you hear diversity, he's not concerned that there's not enough conservative white males on there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and you know what? When, when the Democrats controlled everything in this state, did you hear any talk of they wanted a more diverse board? No. <laughs> because they no. appointed the ones that they wanted to. They they appointed the ones that made political contributions to their campaigns. I mean, it's really rich that Cooper and all the other Democrats all of a sudden want these reforms when the Republicans are making the decisions. Yep. I, you know, you can see through that. Gosh, Ray Charles can see us, what he means there. <laughs> and look, this is from the same governor just weeks ago we talked about when he made a statement about – you know, recruiting students and, and staff and uh, faculty and and state employees. We need to do a better job of making sure they look like North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, who cares what people look like? How about diversity in their experience and skills? Maybe their backgrounds, but skin color shouldn't have anything to do well, with you know, it. That's exactly what Clarence Thomas said. Yep. Just just be, what what the the clip we played just before that, he was talking about well, what does diversity have to do with your education? Yeah. Your parents don't send you to school and pay tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars over a four-year period for you to go out and enjoy diversity. They want you to become educated. They want you to excel in your you know your your chosen academic course. Yeah, it's you know, and I, I'll care for how much I say, but you know, I run in this mess all the time. I, I mean, in recent years, I was <clears throat> I made a recommendation for a board position, and you know, I had multiple people come up to me and say, "Oh man, that was great. I'm glad you looked at some to the diversity." The individual had to be female. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you, you found you know a woman. And I'm like, and I told him because I, I mean I don't hold anything back as you know. I said that didn't have a damn no, thing. Do you? Do you? I, I mean that didn't have a damn thing to do with it. I, I recommended her because she's smart she was the best as person. she's smart as hell. Yeah. It doesn't have anything yeah. to do with that the fact that she was female. Speaking of diversity, Mark Robinson has gotten some attention today. Uh, well, and, and listen, this attention is being thrust upon him by the liberal news media. Um, Robinson, of course, and I hope he will be the Republican nominee for uh, governor in two years. And I, I hope and I'll do everything I can to see that he uh, wins that race. He is getting some uh, pushback from the News and Observer 
uh, over the Paul Pelosi incident, basically uh, Robinson posted on social media that, um, first of all, he shared a meme. Uh, apparently it was some uh, Hollywood meme, but I mean, a Halloween meme. But he, he wrote on uh, his post, I'm sorry, Paul, speaking of Paul Pelosi, I don't believe you or the press. <laughs> now, the day the story came out was last Friday, and I said the day the story came out, there is something really curious about this story, and I still say that. And, uh, boy, the more, you, the more that isn't said is what is so suspicious. Now, of course, Josh Stein, who uh, Mark Robinson will probably be running against, you know, oh, he was, oh, oh, how can you say something like that? Oh, we do not need this kind of violence. And, you know, the, and, and of course, the News and Observer said that uh, he was mocking Paul Pelosi. No, he just simply came out and said, I don't believe you or the press. And, listen, do you remember when... Rand Paul was attacked by his neighbor while he was mowing the yard. Rand Paul was tackled. He broke a rib. He ended up getting pneumonia. Yeah, I think he didn't he puncture a lung. I thought. Yeah, that's how he got <laughs> yeah. pneumonia. And you know the liberals were laughing at it. In fact, Rand Paul noted that after he was attacked, Nancy Pelosi's own daughter, Christine Pelosi, and her husband said on social media when that happened. Quote, Rand Paul's neighbor was right, end quote. <clears throat> yep, I remember that now. That it, The irony of that, and, and here, here, you know, they're just all over anyone that doesn't yeah. believe the story, yeah. which, which I, I think Republicans, I, I think Republicans, some of the conservatives had made a mistake. Even I mean, don't comment on it. Just just say, especially early on. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But just, just say, you know, hey, I hope, you know, Mr. Pelosi's going to be okay. I mean, that. Yeah. But don't give them bait. But it's okay for the Democrats to say things oh, yeah. like this. Oh, I yeah. mean, oh yeah. And think about all the vile things they said about Donald Trump and and yep. and wishing for his demise. I mean, it, demise. I mean, they were saying things while he was sitting president that should have brought charges against them. I well, mean, really. Re, re, Nancy Pelosi on this January sixth thing. She, there's a video of her. I, I think uh, I think Clark, you sent it to me just the other day, where Nancy Pelosi is sitting here in her office. And she's saying, I wanted to punch Donald Trump right in the mouth, <laughs> which would be interesting to watch. But, she couldn't punch a bingo card. Um, but, I mean, there but so many unanswered questions. The, the, the attacker, how did he know the house? How did he arrive there? Why was there no alarm set off? I mean, this is, this is the Speaker of the House. You, you don't have a security system in the house? <laughs> there, there was no sign of forced entry. Where the video? You don't have video cameras at the Speaker of the House's home. You would think, and, and especially with their money. I mean, they've got they're loaded. Oh, yeah. They're loaded, worth hundreds of millions. What of dollars. about the body cam of the police? Yeah. Uh, why was the guy not tased? Why did Paul Pelosi um, call him a friend when he called nine one one? Yeah, yeah, and also with the story I read in the police report, you know, he didn't attack him with a hammer until the police was already there. Yeah. Now, if the guy has a hammer in his hand and he's a, he's an immediate threat, why didn't the police immediately like defuse the situation, take him out? So, so I mean, I want to, and I hate to speculate, but part of me wants to speculate. Well, was he sitting there trying to say, hey, he's a friend, everything's okay? Uh, my boyfriend, I mean, not, excuse me, didn't say that. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't mean to speculate, but I mean, what was he, 
it just seems odd. The odd to say the well, least. Yeah, we've gone from seems odd or seems curious to seems odd, and and we're we're trying to we're trying to choose our words carefully as as liberals always. But to do. your point, I mean, they uh, not. I mean, the fact that you speaker of the house, you think she would have you know a lot of security, but I mean, they're rich. They are really yeah, rich, yeah, yeah. and I can't imagine them not having the most up to date security system that money can buy. Yeah, another question, particularly in San Francisco. Another question is: They went to um, San Francisco General Hospital. Apparently, there are four hospitals closer to where he lives. They mm-hmm. bypass those to go to San Francisco General. Uh, I mean, there's just you know, I, I'd like to ask the question: What did Paul Pelosi do that evening? Mm-hmm. It happened on a Friday night. Um, well, no, it was it was actually. It was Thursday night because we we had the story on on Friday. Uh, where was he that night? Uh, just a, a lot of curious questions. Uh, Craig from Hubert is on the line. Oh, he's gone, Craig. I'm sorry. See, we, yeah, he wanted to talk about Paul Pelosi. Better make it quick because we're going to go on to the next subject. We're going to take a time out, Craig. Give us a call. We'll put you on right after the break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Talking about the uh, Paul Pelosi situation, you know what's interesting is um, the mainstream media now and Democrats, this is hard to believe. (laughs) I mean, it's not going to happen. But they have actually thrown out the idea to Republicans, you know, this tragedy with Paul Pelosi, let's just, you know, we should just stop campaigning. <laughs> we should stop campaigning this last week because of, you know, the horrendous attack on Paul Pelosi. I am not kidding. That's, that's, uh, but yet at the same time, Nancy Pelosi sent out an email Saturday night asking for more money. Oh, I don't doubt it. And, and looking at the recent polls, <clears throat> You know, I mean, there's a lot of things in play that were not in play just weeks ago, you know, with the... Oh, just days ago. Yeah, the Walker-Warnock race in Georgia, um, you know, Pennsylvania race and Fetterman and uh, Oz is... But, but, um, I mean, you look around when the Democrats are... I mean, when they're worried about New York and Michigan, um, (laughs) you know, that's... I don't know. That's just not a good sign. And you know they got better information than the, than the kind of the general polling that they don't pay for. Well, the Cook Political Report, which is left-leaning, they have come out and shifted its ratings on 10 Democrat House districts, and most of them are up in New York and uh, mm-hmm. up in the Northeast. I mean, they're all well, – I should say that, that. There's several up in the Northeast. There's a couple in Portland, a couple in the Midwest. But these are – I mean, most of these were – likely democrat seats and now they have gone either to toss up or to lean democrat but they're going in the right direction for republicans uh so yeah it's and and that just came out today i mean you talk about days and weeks i mean by the hour it's getting more uh positive for republicans in in um, arizona mark victor the libertarian candidate for senate oh yeah he he dropped out today yeah he dropped out and endorsed uh, Republican uh, masters and uh, basically came out and said some very positive things. Apparently, this guy, uh, Mark Victor, was really wanted to promote this um, live and let live global peace movement. 
Uh, he said that Masters was open to that. I mean, Masters didn't say a whole lot about it, but um, uh, you know, this is interesting because the the latest poll had. Uh, I mean, there's been a, actually a couple of polls that had Masters up or statistical tie. I think the latest poll had Mark Kelly up by one point. Now, I don't know how this uh, Mark Victor was polling, but yeah, it's going to be close enough that even just a handful of votes, uh, that could uh, put Masters over the top. Um, PJ Media is reporting, a stunning number of Americans believe the country is out of control thanks to Democrats. You have two choices. The country is under control or out of control under Democratic rule. What's your answer? Let's check the variables of this equation before we derive our answer. A look at the Democrat tote board reveals that the party's policies have resulted in more dead people. Democrats believe women should be able to kill their babies up to the moment of birth. The murder rate has spiked in Democrat-run cities where defund the police was. Democrats are will or is for that matter. Democrats are willing to sacrifice your life at the altar of their global warming religion. You can freeze to death, but as long as we eliminate global warming, which is ironic, over in Europe, they're going to be burning wood hand over fist this winter to stay warm. Oh, it's, it may be in the northeast that yeah, way, yeah. the northeast United States. Well, you know, a lot of people that are out in the you – know, a lot of people that are, are not worried about this are those people that heat with – you know, they've got a wood stove in their house, and they always have heated with uh, wood on their land. I mean, it sounds like something that the Hardy family would have done. I'm prepared – well and you know in more ways than one listen it's it's if you're listening if you're in the sound of our voice in eastern north carolina be very grateful that you don't live in the northeast this winter uh anyway it goes on and on 80 percent of the people in a new cbs yougov battleground tracker poll said the country is out of control and that why uh and why a plural Clarity. Why, why can't I say the word? <laughs> a plurality, I'm still not right, uh, believes Republicans would keep them safer. The majority would mm. keep them safer. Um, the last time it was that high was back in 2020 when uh, Democrats were burning down our cities. Well, it's only been the last few weeks when, when polls tightened up and when Republicans went ahead that all of a sudden the Democrats are cl- claiming to be the – the anti-crime candidate and pro-police candidate. But Americans are smart enough to know what they've been saying ever since 2020. And, uh, you know, I think, I mean, think fundamentally, um, you know, the, the economy, obviously the economy is number one on everybody's minds, but I think a very close second is the security and all this crime, you know, the FBI crime statistics nationwide and city after city after city is just terrible. And people want to be safe. I mean, fundamentally, the government is there to protect their their bodies uh, and their life. Uh, that's the fundamental right. This same poll uh, asked the question that has been asked dozens of times, but uh, this is the latest poll. You know, what was the most important issue? And uh, uh, abortion, which the Democrats have been pushing hard, comes in seventh. <laughs> Economy, inflation, gun policy, voting and election issues immigration crime all came in higher uh climate change um came in even lower that was probably like 10th on the list um the 2020 election came in higher than climate change and uh the january 6th uh investigation 
came in the same level as climate change. And, you, you know, the Democrats are convinced that uh, Mexican-Americans or Hispanic-Americans, um, mainly Mexican-Americans, are convinced they have their votes. But the more and more you look in the polls and, and hear what they're saying, look, the, these these um, Mexican-Americans or Hispanic-Americans that, that are citizens, lived in the United States for some time, the last thing they want to is people pouring over the border, especially when they're not coming from Mexico. Right. I mean, they're coming from Venezuela. They're coming from uh, Honduras and and Haiti, Haiti and places like that. They just know that hey, that's where the holes are, and that's where they're going. Well, and I mentioned yesterday, there's a new Suffolk University poll out that is projecting that the Hispanic vote, forty percent of the Hispanic vote, will go to Republicans. Twenty-one percent of the Black vote will go to um, Republicans and the women are split right down the middle. Forty-seven percent Democrat, forty-seven percent Republican. Those combine all those numbers together with the white male vote for Republicans, and if those numbers hold up, it's going to be a landslide. Uh, Craig is back with us from <clears throat> Hubert. Hey, Craig, thanks for joining us. Hey, Craig. Hey, how are y'all doing? Doing well. Good to hear from you. What's up? So I know the Pelosi. Thing is a complete hoax. A hoax, as W.C. Fields would say. <laughs> yeah. what, what makes you say that? It, it, because Nancy Pelosi just changed her campaign slogan to "It's Hammer Time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. It's funny you say that. Uh, as we were talking, be careful now. Be careful now. We no, don't be accused. Of no, it's <laughs> funny as we were saying. That. Just a few minutes ago, I Googled to see if I could get some bumper music for Clark with MC Hammer. <laughs> hey, he had two hammers and he had two hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's curious. All right, All right man. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Thanks, Craig. Hey, stay with us. We'll be right back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. You know, it's interesting. All over the world, we're seeing uh, more conservatives winning these races. And uh, over in Jerusalem, as polls close today, uh, it looks like there's a good possibility that um, Benjamin Netanyahu might be reelected as uh, prime minister of Israel. We'll uh, keep an eye on that. You know, it's interesting how unwise uh, Democrats are and how they there's I think it's because there's a certain arrogance Perhaps it's because the mainstream media keeps toting the water for them. But think about the fact that Terry McAuliffe, <clears throat> what, what, what was the one thing that he said in a debate that lost him the governor's race in Virginia? Remember, mm, it was something about, on the school issue. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, he came out and said, parents have no, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically said that um, parents have no right. I don't think parents should be telling schools what should be taught. Mm -hmm. And uh, guess what? Parents didn't like that. So now up in New York, you've got uh, Kathy Hochul, the unelected governor up there. She, uh, she's awful. <laughs> she, well, she's, she's not too wise as she's making these statements. So she's debating Lee Zeldin. And Lee Zeldin talks about how the crime has gone up and up and up. And you know, she comes out and she says, I, I don't know why you're so upset over that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, lady, are you are you tone deaf? But since that debate and since she got so much flack over that, she still has come out 
even since then and said, no, 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 it's not as bad as you think. And lady, it is. I mean, and, and, and as, as typical, it's sort of like Joe Biden. Remember when gas prices actually, you know, where they were, what, uh, 249 a gallon or something when he took office and they went up to 450 <laughs> then they came down to 425 and he's <clears throat> dancing around you know celebrating because it came down 25 cents well it's sort of same thing kathy hochel's doing i mean if you go back and look at crime statistics since 2019 the murder rate in new york is up 32 percent mm-hmm. well but she, what does she do she goes back two months and says, well you know the murder rate's down now and uh, but you know it's it's not good news and she's basically telling the people of new york don't believe your eyes don't don't believe lee zeldin <laughs> believe me crime is not an issue i don't yeah and for her to say i don't understand why you're so upset about this lee zeldin which for all the voters in new york they're saying wait a minute he understands it's you that don't understand yeah. Kathy she, Hochul. Is she live in is she live in Buffalo or Albany or where, where well is she the governor she she'd be, be in living Albany, in Albany. But yeah. is she from Buffalo I'm not sure where she's but, from originally I, I just remember where she's from <laughs> she obviously lives in a, in a in a bubble town up upstate well, New they York all do. and people in New York City whether you're Democrat Republican Libertarian or whatever they know it's unsafe in no. New York City, and no. I don't. I think uh, I think they're not going to listen to this too much. No. Well, and it's no surprise that Zeldin has pulled ahead of Hochul forty-eight point four percent to forty-seven point six percent in the latest Trafalgar uh, poll. So uh, again, a week from today is when uh, we'll begin to uh, count the votes. In fact, it'll be uh, one. I guess the polls shut at uh, seven o'clock in Pitt County here. I yeah, but I'm do. sure in in swing counties and places, oh yeah, they'll leave them open yeah. as long as they can and uh, bus in the uh, voters. Uh, yep. You know, well after closing time. Uh, that, well, that never happened, Tom. That's never happened before. What are you talking about? Durham County. It'll take them three weeks <laughs> to count. <them. laughs> hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you then. Bye bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.